My name is Jan Hauk and I'm a third year student at Bogenhofen Theological Seminary in Austria and I'm preparing to become a minister. I'm passionate about God and about sharing my faith with others but only a few years ago I was a die-hard atheist and here's my journey to faith. I was born in East Germany into an atheist family and an almost completely secular social environment. All my relatives, schoolmates and friends were mostly non-believers. At 14 years of age I participated in the Jugendweihe, that's a secular coming of age ceremony which had been supported by the communist era government as a replacement for confirmation. As a youngster, I didn't spend any time thinking about God because at school I had learned what terrible things Christians had done in history. So for me, religion was only for people who didn't want to think. It was only a crutch. It was only for individuals that lived more like ducks and not so much like eagles. I remember when I was around 16 years of age, when I was invited to a Christian family for a meal and as they prayed before eating, that was the first time that I see that I saw somebody praying. I was fortunate to grow up in the countryside surrounded by fields and forests and as I was watching documentaries about animals and distant lands I developed a deep love for nature and my two friends and I we played in the woods in the woods very often and we built shelters here and there and we were kind of the, the forest police and we were telling little children off when they would drive nails into the trees. When I was 18 and still in high school, I joined the youth wing of the Social Democrats. And as a socialist, I wanted to fight for minimum wage, for abolishing nuclear power, and I wanted to replace it with renewable energy, of course. It was while I was studying international business in Stralsund that I stumbled across a book that was entitled 50 things you can do to save the world and money at the same time and it gave tips on how you could reduce your ecological footprint in all the different areas of life like food and clothing and transportation, office, even finances and internet usage. And this book, this book had a deep effect on me. And I started implementing these things and began putting a lot of effort into what I was thinking was saving the world. And I was the kind of guy then who bought only organic and, and as often as I could I would buy fair trade stuff even though I was only on a student budget and I planted even indigenous flowers in the park to help save bees and not before long it was environmentalism that became my religion. I saw the world caught up in a rapid downhill spiral heading for disaster. There's deforestation, desertification, agricultural degradation and plastic polluting the planet and all these and a hundred more serious problems they required immediate and drastic action not only by tiny parts of the population but by large portions in order to be tackled successfully. But despite my strong activism and that of other like-minded people and activists things seem to get only worse. And I felt like being confronted with a, with a huge wave that was, you know, threatening to collapse over us. 
and I had no idea how we could possibly survive it. The future seemed just bleak and the hopelessness was very frustrating. I did Baltic management studies for my university degree and there I had to choose one language from the Baltic Sea region to learn for my course and I took up Norwegian and I went on a backpacking trip to Norway and the next year also I returned there I went to a farm about one hour from Oslo because I was interested in learning about organic agriculture. And there I met some great people. There was Jonathan and Lena and Julia. They were tenants on the farm and they also helped out occasionally. And while picking raspberries, I found myself discussing um, things like country living, and politics, education, and vegetarianism. And these people have very interesting views. And I realized we had many things in common, even more so than with my environmentalist buddies. So we became good friends. We played games and had fun together. One Saturday morning, I was searching for the sheep that had escaped again. And I saw my new friends all dressed up going out and I just wanted to say hello so I went over and said hello and they told me that they were on their way to church oh no I thought to myself Christians how disappointing why do these nice people have to be Christians and then they told me even that they were Adventists and I had never heard anything like that before Back at home, two years went by with me studying and doing an internship at a green bank in Nuremberg. And then I had to accomplish a year abroad. So I decided to write my bachelor thesis in Norway and work for a company doing roof-mounted solar panels. And for that purpose, I moved to Oslo and I was desperately searching for an affordable place to stay. So I remembered my friends from two years before, the friends from the farm, and I got in touch with them and they again introduced me to David. He lived in a church-owned student home in a 14 square meter room, a small one, and he took me in and he went out of his way to make me feel comfortable. At the home, I suddenly realized that I was surrounded by Christians and I was sure they would try to convert me, but I determined that they would not get me. And the first three months uh, went smoothly, except for me breaking the home's rules on alcohol prohibition, which they kindly overlooked. Then I was invited by my friends from the farm to an Independence Day celebration, which is a big deal in Norway. And of course, I had no idea that a double-decker bus full of Christian young people would show up. But I had some great conversations with them and I remember arguing with them how unreasonable it was to believe in God. But I kept it respectful because for some reason I really liked these people. They did have good values and they believed in their Ten Commandments. And I thought if everybody would live like that, a healthy country lifestyle, then this world would be a better place. Just imagine, they were so genuine and they wanted to know how they can do things better. 
And after meeting as an activist, so many people who did not want to change, that was so refreshing. My friends invited me on a boat trip to the south of Norway and we were going to spend the whole weekend on an island. And there were about 30 to 40 Christian young people and I had such a wonderful time. They took such good care of me. They were sharing their clothes and, and other necessities with me. And then a guy called Joachim asked me if I wanted to study the Bible. And I felt uneasy since I had no interest in the Bible. But I didn't want to offend him. So I said, let's do it tomorrow. Um, and I was hoping he would forget about it. But the next morning, he surprised me again by asking me again. So I scrambled another excuse. Uh, and the best that I could come up with was saying, sorry, I don't have a Bible. But it turned out to be the lousiest answer that was available to me in that moment. Because I was you know, surrounded by Christians and every one of them had a Bible. So in the next moment I was presented with somebody else's Bible and I was like, thank you. But then I thought, these people have been so good listeners, so it's only fair that I hear them out as well. Joachim started talking about how the Bible made the extraordinary claim that it is the inspired word of God. And that claim called for extraordinary proof. And he showed me how the Bible was able to forecast the future. And he explained to me the prophecy of Daniel chapter 2. How the empires of the world had been foreseen by God. You know, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece and Rome and the fragmented Europe of our days. And I could follow along because I had taken an advanced course in history. And after that study, my view of the Bible had changed so much that I decided to read it. I bought an expensive study Bible and I started out with Genesis, the first book. It was a roadblock though, because I believed in evolution. And there the Bible said that God created. Um, so my friends took care of me, referred me to some lectures about evolution and creation. And as I learned some very intriguing facts, my doubts started to crumble one by one. And then something started to work within me. Now I seriously wondered if God possibly existed. And I carefully weighed up the arguments that I had learned. And then there were basically four main points that challenged my unbelief. These Christians first had solid values. They lived a good life and did positive things. Secondly, the idea of the great controversy between God and Satan that made a lot of sense. To me, it was the most credible framework for interpreting the things that are going on in the world. Third, there was the reality of prophecy, that God is actually able to predict the future. And lastly, number four, um, there were the really viable ideas of creation and intelligent design. I had never envisioned being a Christian but the weight of the evidence became so heavy that I could just no longer ignore it. 
if God exists and if he is almighty and all-knowing and if he has a plan of salvation not just for me but for the whole planet then it would be stupid to not follow the winner team so if God is the one that he says he is then I would follow him from now on I decided to believe in God and then I prayed for the first time in my life and I was 25 at that time and it was very awkward for me, but it was very special at the same time because for the first time I talked to the father that I never knew I had. Then I went back to Germany, finished off my bachelor's, but my life had just acquired a new and rich dimension. And I just had to explore more about Christianity. So I attended a mission school for two years and that was the best time of my life. I learned that I was a sinner, that I'm in need of salvation and I had not thought that way of myself before. People's hearts just need to change and the real hope, the real hope is in living with Jesus in the new world that he has promised, that he has promised to establish at his second coming. Now I aspire to help others find God and true hope. And I still believe that doing my part in taking care of the planet is essential. And I still turn off unneeded lights and I still deposit my money in a green bank and it's good to do that. But much more than that, I'm really looking forward to God truly saving the world.